good morning. This is Rachel from uh, Two Sisters Health, and this is my sister, Jen. Hi, everyone. Jen. And we're interviewing um, Barbara today. Jen, do you want to do the introductions? Yeah, Barbara is one of my oldest and dearest friends. I've known Barbara since I became a grown-up at age 18, I think. I think that's true. Uh -huh. If it's not exactly true, it's really darn close to true. Um, and Barbara and I have been friends for many, many years, and she has um, meditated the whole time that I have known her. Um, and I've always admired it and respected it. And, um, and I still can't sit still and quiet for 10 minutes, right? So um, when we were coming up with people to interview about meditation, I was like, who the heck do I know? That Barb, Barb meditates. Even if you don't meditate all the time, every day, uh, you know, you are, you're my meditation friend who knows a lot about it and has tried a lot of different kinds of meditation. You've read very deeply about meditation. And I've always um, asked you lots of questions and sought your guidance when I was trying to get trying and failing to get practices going and sustained over the years. Uh, it's kind of funny, like you're my meditation uh, touchstone for many years. Um, and so I'm excited to hear you kind of reflect on your experiences with meditation and um, yeah. Well, thanks Jen and Rachel. I really feel honored to be asked to do this. I just hope that uh, I say something that contributes to the conversation. And Jen, what you, in reflecting on the past 35 years of meditation, you may not realize this, but when I first did guided meditation, you were the one that gave me the tape. I yeah. read that in what you sent me. And I was like, oh, I wonder who sent her that tape. You. <laughs> <laughs> so it stuck with me. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. That I'm sure that was my first introduction to meditation was, I think a therapist suggested it to me. And, you know, I never did very, I mean, you know, over the years I've tried and stopped and tried and stopped, but um, I had a, I, you know, I, I had a cassette tape that just had these little five minute meditations for a long time. Yeah. That's hilarious. Very sure it was guided. I mean, of course, now we have, you know, we have uh, apps. Yeah, we have online everything. We've got, yeah, we don't have to do that anymore, but I probably still have that tape buried somewhere. So. That's so funny. Um, yeah, so thank you. Yeah, so in reflecting on your um, relationship, frankly, with meditation, right? Um, what would you want to tell people about your experience with meditation, I guess? If someone was like, you know, I've never meditated. What can you, you know, what's what do you think? What should I do? Well, I definitely think keeping it simple is, especially in the beginning, is important. And, um, you know, guided meditations are really good for that. I find them distracting at this point in my, in my practice. But um, my favorite uh, definition of meditation is to be aware of one's surroundings. Mm. And I'm sitting in a chair. I'm looking at a tree, I'm breathing, um, you know, my body is, is saying this to me. So I think that's, you know, the, the guided uh, meditation where an imagery is developed, it can sometimes be a really good way to, to get started and, and 
you know, I, when I did uh, that tape you gave me, I believe it taught me to um, use a code word when I get this monkey mind, you know, because, uh, and I remember um, initially it was a physician who kind of touch, did a touch point with me because they knew how high drive I was and it was difficult for me to sleep. I mean, I just couldn't shut off my thoughts and my brain. I mean, I just always have been, uh, had a, a, been a very active thinker. And, um, yeah, so he suggested I lay in the sun, which was an early form of meditation. Of course, I got skin cancer later, but I'm sure we wouldn't. I'm not recommending that for anyone um, to do their meditation. Uh, a candle would be, would be good. But anyway, I chose the word cloud because I was largely laying outside looking up at the sky. So certainly keeping it simple, it just doesn't have to be that complicated. It can be a part of every day. You know, you've talked about mindfulness. So um, that's my first thought. Mm -hmm. Rach, do you have any questions for Barbara? Well, I'm curious, what is your practice? Like, do you have a regular daily practice? And if so, could you tell us a little bit about that? I have had a daily practice. I think it's lapsed a little bit because I'm doing some pretty intensive physical work right now, um, uh, some physical therapy. And so it's been distracting. So I appreciate this invite because it kind of got me reconnected with how beneficial this practice is for everything I'm going on, uh, you know, through right now physically. Hmm. I have some chronic pain issues, so I'm going to be very interested in seeing how, you know, how that works. I also, um, but my, what I generally practice now, because I've done a number of different kinds of, I mean, I'm game when it's, when it comes to meditation or community groups or sanghas or teaching, uh, you know, I'm always game. I was one, I did t uh, transcendental meditation early on <laughs> with a group. Um, we did kind of an Americanized version. So it was uh, more mantra related, but I do love having, you know, that sense of community. And I, 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 I like that to be a part of my practice to have a, a sangha teacher. Um, Barb, uh, what is a sangha? A sangha is largely a, a, a group of, of, I'm trying to think, I think it is actually a Buddhist concept, but it's a group uh, for me. I'll tell you how, what it's been like for me to do yeah. sanghas. Sure. Favorite one was in Chicago because I, we, uh, there were about 20 of us. We met in a church, you know, we sat um, on a little, uh, you know, um, pillows <laughs> and, um, uh, we would have two things go on. We would have Dharma talks, which kind of explains uh, the laws of Buddhism. And I was fortunate enough that I was uh, the, the leader of this particular Dharma talk was a, a student of Thich Nhat Hanh, who just passed away um, recently. Oh, wow. So that was a real lucky gift. Um, in that group we also uh so he'd have a dharma talk and then we'd all meditate together which is just so mm -hmm. it's like i was gonna ask yeah yeah i mean I, that's why i'm looking for something like that now as well to supplement my individual practice which mm -hmm. you know, is, is is usually i do about 30 minutes it's usually mindfulness um but then he also did uh, uh um uh movement meditation so we did a walking meditation, which is probably one of my favorite forms mm. of 
presentation and we literally walked around the room uh, and the, it was dark. And, um, you know, I think we just had candles and it, it was just so powerful. Wow. But my practice isn't that way so much today. I pretty much focus on mindfulness. But I've added um, meta, uh, loving kindness meditation, particularly since uh, this last few years have been very rough on people. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know if I answered your question about uh, what is Dharma and what's a Sangha, but I certainly, if I had anything to talk about in this session, it would be meta, uh, loving kindness meditation, where um, oh, it's so helpful. Uh, it's so helpful on so many levels. Um, it's the practice of, of, of uh, directing well wishes to myself and to others. And it goes, uh, I don't know if you want to hear what it, it's. Yes, it's pretty please. Short. It's pretty short. Yes. Um, it, and I change it. it, from, it everybody does it different. But um, usually I'll do it uh, in the beginning of my meditation practice. And then I'll get into a seated, you know, a seated practice. But it goes something like, may I be happy. Um, may I be well. May I be safe. May I be peaceful and at ease. And after I do that for a little while, uh, I direct it, um, you know, to someone else in my life. Usually, someone I have a loving relationship with, um, and that, and then I direct it towards someone I'm having challenges with. It's like I don't want to meditate for them. <laughs> That's my initial thought. You know, it's like, well, I don't like you. I don't like what you're saying. Or I don't like what you're thinking. It's like so. I think it's really helpful to project that. This has opened up an amazing door for me lately, though, because what that, what is, what's happening is I'm starting to use it with my own grief. I, I lost, mm. in the last few months, I lost my father and I lost my younger sister. And there's just something so, I feel so connected mm -hmm. uh, when I do a meta for them. So, and then, you know, finally, I sort of like do a universal, you know, may all beings, yada, yada. So um, that's, that's kind of my, my practice today. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that is beautiful. I, I've done meta meditation before. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Please use me in that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I want to ask another question because you brought up that you have a mind that just won't stop. And in my medical practice, I can't tell you how much I hear that. So one of the issues I deal with the most um, would be insomnia. People can't sleep because they can't turn their minds off at night. You know, when you ask them, well, what is it? Do you go to sleep and you wake up in the middle of the night? Can you not wake up? And it's all those things, right? Their thoughts wake them up in the middle of the night and then won't stop and they can't go back to sleep or they won't let them fall asleep. So can you maybe reflect on if that's helped you and not specifically with insomnia, but maybe explain some of the challenges that brought you to meditation and how that's helped? Yeah, for sure. Um, because it was all about you know, relaxation early, and it was about, uh, you know, just having an active mind. Now, today, it's different. I have trouble sleeping because I have chronic pain, and this mm -hmm. is going to be, uh, and it, it, I'm finding that, you know, some, and I have tried it at night. It depends how high my pain level is, whether it, it works, but I do think it sets a standard so that I can flip into my code word or 
just breathe, start breathing. Now that always helps. I know it helps. And sometimes I use it in a combination of a little acupressure mat and uh, things like that, because I don't want to do, um, you know, I, I try not to do anything like Advil or things like that. Um, but I do have a chronic pain issue that uh, I, I, I'm feeling pretty positive about the daily practice, setting a tone for my body. And certainly, you know, I, I, you know more about this than I do, Rachel, but I'm, I, I know there are neurotransmitters that are emitted during, uh, you know, beneficial during meditation. I, I, I've been reading lately, the meditation is beneficial for a lot of things like depression. I just moved to Seattle. Season affective disorder is alive and well here. I already did my light units this morning. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that it, for me, it needs to be twofold. I need to, to make sure I'm engaging in my practice so my body knows to respond to my breathing that way. So it all becomes reflexive and automatic. Um, but how much it's going to work for the increasing level of pain I have because of different um, uh, neurological and different uh, uh, osteo issues, it remains to be seen, but I can't imagine that it isn't going to be beneficial. I feel very positive about that. So on that, there are some really good studies, you might know about these, where they've taken a control group and um, had one group that meditated, one group that took pain medications, and then um, I can't remember if they had one group that did nothing or if there was a combination of both, but basically it was a big study sample size and they followed these people for, it was like a year maybe. And the meditation I think was 30 minutes a day or something. I'll have to look it up now that we've talked about this. But what they found was that the people who meditated had just as much pain control as the people who took pain pills. Oh, I'm so happy you shared that because I, like I said, I'm getting so distracted with physical therapy. I need to make sure I can do my swim. I'm trying to work a full-time job, you know, yada, yada, that I've let this practice slip a bit. And it, this just reinforces in my mind that this is essential. It's just essential. And I am so grateful you just shared that because uh, it, it's always been kind of my inherent belief that that's the case. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give it a run and see if we can make that a reality in my own life. Right. Yeah. Well, let us know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it helps. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's massage too. So I can't, I can't, I have to have that too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's massage not just miraculous as well. Yeah. Barb, I would like to ask you to talk a little bit more about, um, uh, meditation and community. Cause I feel like we haven't talked too much about that in any of our conversations about this so far and it's something are they hard to find is that like um not because you have not been that long in seattle now um and maybe you haven't even looked for anything there yet i would i'm sure that i would be surprised if there weren't meditation communities you could get involved in there but i'm just curious you know because since that's not something i'm familiar with i actually know that there's a community um in you know the portland suburb kind of that i live in and nearby in fact a friend of mine and her husband live in these uh apartments that are part of a buddhist community of a cooperative and so you know i know that sort of thing exists here i haven't i haven't tried to get involved as of yet but 
Um, if you could just, whatever you know about that, whatever your experiences have been with meditation communities. It's been far easier in the past than I have one word that explains it, which is COVID. Oh, sure, of so course. That's yeah. been my biggest challenge is I, I choose very carefully any activities that I do that involve being in, in environments where sure. other people. Swimming is one that has become so essential that I will take that risk. Yeah. So I have not been able to develop a sense of community here because what I'm really looking for, I know there's a lot of online communities. I know there are, but man, I want that, you know, that, that connection. Mm -hmm. I want to be in the same room. I want to feel that. And it's not that the both aren't beneficial, but that's what I'm looking sure. for. And we do have, as I understand it, and I am looking, uh, we do have a couple of Buddhist groups and I just have, not put as much priority on it as I think I want to. I also want to engage in other activities um, that extend community and meditation, which is certainly more the movement meditation, you know, doing uh, Tai Chi or yoga or um, and doing those things in a group setting rather than doing it online. So I'm in a period of adjustment with that. I know it exists. I just haven't uh, really gotten connected here and yeah that's you know part of my own inaction not so much that just you know focus what yeah we and what what were your experiences with being part of a meditation community before were there other things that the group did together was it part of a temple not so much um no as a matter of fact i think some of them i came i I, I learned about through uh, maybe a, um, a, a, a church or, or okay. you know, practice that. I think that's how I became, how I, you know, got in contact with it or just friends that I had developed who had of like mine. I have done retreats. Retreats are, you know, thanks. You're reminding me of things that do work, which mm -hmm. work you are then surrounded by, and I have been to them, you're surrounded by people of like mind. And so that can develop into smaller sets, you know, smaller groups, but um, there are definitely ways to do it. I just think I've been slowed in my own thinking because I'm, I'm less, I'm risk averse uh, when it comes to uh, COVID. But I think, you know, we're at a place now where I might look into a retreat. So thank you, ladies. <laughs> yeah, and thank you because um, everyone we've talked to and mostly what Jen and I have talked about thus far is meditation as a solitary singular practice. And, you know, Jen in particular has brought up multiple times throughout our um, talks that she is a social person, needs to be around people, wants to be part of a group, like doesn't really want to do too many um you know, put too much energy into hobbies and things that are solitary, right, Jen? Yeah. And so this is kind of creating it with a new vision that it is for everyone. You don't have to be someone who wants to sit alone in their house and meditate. You can actually do this as part of a group and make it a community thing. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. That's been one of the greatest perks of this is just, yeah. And then the fact that it's so amplified, the, uh -huh. the energy is so amplified. 
in a physical group. So, and I think it's easier, right? Like I started meditating during my yoga training and it was always these group meditations. And I don't want to say pressure of the group because that makes it sound bad. But when you're sitting in a room by yourself at home and you can get up and get a tea or a treat or take a walk or whatever, you might, right? Because you have this ability to. When you're in a room with a group of people who are all there for a reason and everybody else is committing to it, then all of a sudden you do the hard work that you might not do otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. I find it works that way for fitness classes, dance classes, all of that. I push a little bit harder. I give it a little more attention for longer than I would alone. Yeah. That's meditation too. I mean, it's, it's all meditation really when you think about it, if, if you're doing mindfulness meditation. But I know in terms of having a solitary practice, it's, it's, uh, I think it's important for me to do both ways. I still would like to add a physical, I mean, I think of swimming actually as being meditative. Mm for me. Oh yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. It really has been, but um, I simply want to have those three legs of the chair. I want to do it individually. I want to do it in groups and I want to add a, a physicality, a mobility kind of element, a movement element to it too. Love to find Tai Chi. I've been looking for yoga here. We actually do have a yoga in the park once it finally stops raining, maybe. <laughs> it never stops raining <laughs> up here, Barb. Is it raining where you guys are? All the time. <laughs> it's been, this has been um, a ridiculously wet spring. Like even for people who have lived here for decades and decades, they're like, no, this is more wet than it usually is even. It's so dry here, totally dry here, always dry here. Um, Coming from Arizona, this has been quite a shock. <laughs> but it's all good. I can breathe here better than I can breathe Thank in Arizona. Goodness, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. So I have another question for you, Barb. Since you have had a practice mostly on, on and off over the years, um, are there things you might um, warn? people of, right? Like, I don't know, maybe I'm asking you to give a little bit of a pep talk to people who are getting started and um, are, and maybe it's for me because I, it's the, my mind never races as fast as when I am trying to have that 10 minutes of stillness. <laughs> and so maybe give me a pep talk. <laughs> oh, Jen. <laughs> I don't know with you. I always feel like I'm teaching the teacher, but <laughs> not on not on this topic whatsoever. <laughs> I just think expectations need to be lower. I really do believe we need to keep it simple. And I I have times where I've got so much going on. I have to do guided. I have to do guided meditation. I I flip to a couple of uh, uh, apps that offer. Um, teachers who do uh, Dharma talks as well as guided meditation. I, I belong to a really big group in DC, uh, so I, I can still benefit from that teacher uh, now online. And I just think, you know, and, and I also don't get into now that my body is, I mean, I always used to sit on my little meditation pillow, you know, and I used to do two of them. And I would sit with my knees bent and I would sit, you know, be in a seated position. And there's all, I have gotten sort of flack about doing reclining, but I essentially 
anymore do a reclining meditation. I still fold my legs, but they're usually up a wall. So, you know, I'm laying like this and, and I know for a fact that my pain level is just too high. So I don't get worried to that, worried about that kind of peer pressure, which I know I will experience a lot of people. Why would anyone give you flack about reclining? Well, if you're in the, with the real cool meditation, they wouldn't. It's probably all in my head because I want to be the perfect yogi. Yeah. Um, but that generally when you go to a, a practice in person, you know, they give you a chair if your body's not cooperating. Well, chair doesn't work for me. So yeah. that's what works for me. And, and I will do it. But I think that's mm -hmm. really the biggie. Just, you know, to, to make it simple, keep it simple and just think, you know, uh, throughout the day what's where what be aware of what's around me mm -hmm. and you know I, I i don't know persistence pays off practice i don't know what the deal is about um you know creating a habit anymore but yeah yeah and i, I try to be self-forgiving too if i don't do it every day because lately i haven't but I could always get right back on that. So. Yeah, I missed a couple of days ago. I just, I missed another day. I've been pretty consistent. Rach, do you know what day we're on? Uh, I have it on my calendar. What's today? The 29th. 16. Okay. So I've missed two wow. of the 16. I've so missed far. two of the 16 also. Oh, wow. Okay. The, co the code word has been really helpful to me too. I used to, after 35 years. What's the code um, word? Cloud. Oh, cloud. Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. For some reason, it's just, it's really ingrained. If I start to feel myself drift into, well, what am I going to do about this? Or, you know, what's, it's like cloud. And so uh, that's been helpful to me, but we all have our own methods. So whatever. You know, I have this, this uh, moment that I go through every day. So I see a lot of patients and I have to stay on a schedule and it's kind of, nerve wracking to me because I want to give everybody enough time and I want to make sure that they feel like they have that I'm they're not being rushed and so very often when I'm doing the physical exam and my mind starts to go to okay you got to be quick you got a patient waiting and you don't want to throw the schedule behind and part of that too is because you don't want the people to wait so I also don't want to um, not respect people's time and so I'm trying to be timely so when I listen to their lungs, it happens every day. I'll think, breathe with them. And I just bring myself back into that space mm -hmm. and I calm down and things become expansive again. And I let go of all of that. And I do it pretty frequently throughout the day when I'm listening to people's lungs. I'm still listening, but it, it's this reminder that it's okay to breathe. You know, you don't have to constantly be go, go, go. Cause you'll notice when your nervous system switches into that, I have to get things done. The breathing becomes shallow. It becomes quick and you just kind of lose yourself and the moment. So that's been kind of interesting for me, a work meditation. Absolutely. Cause the breath is so important and such an integral part of it. Um, and there's so many ways to do breathing, but you reminded me of another thing. Some of these guided visual meditations really focus more on relaxing your body and mm -hmm. sometimes those are good to do too. Um, you, you know, it's just good to go through the, that series of, okay, tighten your arms, release, tighten, uh -huh. going from one end of the body to the other and breath work mm -hmm. is certainly a big piece of that. So I love it that you've integrated that into your, your daily life because yeah, it's, if we don't breathe, we're in trouble. 
I, I also <laughs> want to reflect on one other thing. I was talking to mom yesterday. So mom's been doing this with us also. And um, so we touched a little bit in a previous podcast about how they've checked the brainwave activity of people when they meditate. And of course, they're focusing on master meditators who've gotten it down. But they actually go into this state of um, brainwave activity that we don't really do any other time during our lives. Um, I, I don't want to say what it is because I need to look it up. But um, it's very, it has a very good signature to it, the brainwave activity that we go into during meditation. It's somewhere between sleep and wakefulness. It's this in-between. And there's a lot of evidence that we're able to rewrite our subconscious during this time. And um, But anyway, personally, when I meditate, because I've done it enough now, I feel when I go into that. And it's a completely different feel in my body. And mom commented on that. She's like, it's funny, I haven't meditated in years. And I've been doing it. And I feel that change in my brain and in my body. And you just kind of like slip into this feeling or sensation and everything is different in your body. And I wonder, Jen, have you felt that yet? <laughs> oh, as you're talking, Rachel, I'm going, I don't think I've ever reached that state in my life. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I certainly have never had that experience. No. Barb, have you? Yeah, it's usually doesn't happen to me though until about fifteen to twenty minutes in. Oh really? Yeah. So if you're doing a shorter one, I don't know. Maybe that's a piece of it. I, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with doing a shorter one, um, certainly. But well, yeah. everybody's different, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's pretty consistent for me throughout the years. You would think the more I meditate, the faster I would get into that state. Interesting. But it's always about 15 to 20 minutes. Interesting. That's why I usually do 30 at least. Um, and with me, it's pretty quick. Is it really? Oh, mm -hmm. great. Lucky duck. And with Jen, it's never. <laughs> Lucky mine, jumping around, jumping around, jumping around. I love it. Yeah, it is true. So when you get into that place, your mind stops. It just. Yeah, and if I uh -huh. stay in that place much past 45 minutes, then it becomes a nap. <laughs> so right, totally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like this. Oh, but no, I know. I, I love that. Uh, you know, they've done studies to, because I feel it too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we only have about five more minutes. Is there anything that you would like to add that you feel is real important that might help someone else um, who, I don't know, doesn't have as much experience as you do with this practice? Well, I just think there's so many benefits to this. Um, for me, uh, you know, <laughs> I tend to be a very reactive person. And so anything I can do to delay what comes up in my head in reacting to something is of high benefit. And this certainly does serve in that capacity because it helps me control that, delay my reactions a little bit, and also just be on more of an even keel. Um, so it's not just about the initial thing that I started it for, was, which was for relaxation. And I feel really blessed that um, uh, Jen gave me that tape. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. Barb, have you influenced people in your life to meditate, other than me? Um, like, 
your son or anyone, you know, I'm just curious, family members or anything? Um, it's interesting because my daughter-in-law was just asking me about it because of this, this, uh, this interview we were having today. She mm. asked me to expand on a little bit. She had never asked me about it before. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I, I don't know that I have an, uh, uh, that as an agenda. If you see me do something and, you know, I'll share with you about it, but I don't really have an agenda to, cause I don't know what's, I don't even, the older I get, the less I know. <laughs> And I sure don't know what's good for somebody else, but yeah, if, if, if something I'm doing uh, looks beneficial and it could be beneficial to you. Yeah. Awesome. But I don't know that I've particularly influenced any one person. Hmm. I know I was telling Rachel during one of the other conversations we had about this. I think I, I encouraged Mike to look into meditation when we were first dating and he just looked at me like I was an alien. And of course, I didn't have the meditation practice that I was doing at that time either. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but you got Barb meditating. <laughs> oh, and that's, yeah, I had a, had a, a ricochet effect. And again, this time um, in the world, we need as much compassion as possible. So. Yeah. I will continue to put in a plug for the loving kind. Yeah, so the meta meditation, actually, maybe this week, Jen, we could focus on a meta meditation. So really simply, you started out, you, um, like, so if people feel like they don't have the words, you could look it up online. I'm sure there's a lot posted, but it's, you're going to love yourself. You're going to think about someone and love, send them love. And then you're going to send love out to the world. Would you say that in a nutshell, that's it? That's exactly it. And yeah. And again, the big piece of that is, am I having issues with someone? Is there someone I'm really don't even. Oh, right. I I try to direct it to them. Got it. But it's, you know, it's all about um, my internal makeup. It's, It's all about me when it comes to that. I mean, but I don't know that I don't sending love to the world isn't, isn't anything but helpful too. So mm-hmm. yeah. oh, that you got it right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for yeah, thank you, Barb. today to talk Ooh. with us. We really appreciate your insights. It's I, lovely to see you and talk to you. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. For sure. We'll, and we'll- I probably known you Barb for around 30 years too. Right. Yeah. Crazy. We've mm-hmm. gone through some processes, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Oh, Here we are. Thank you. Thank you. All on the West Coast. All the yeah. way in the Midwest. Finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is, just to throw it out there, a Buddhist temple. Uh, it's a, No, it's a Zen temple here. And they do retreats. So maybe that'd be a fun girls thing to do. We could do a, yeah, we could, I'll send you the link. It's here in Mount Shasta. Yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm making out on this one. I don't know if anybody else is, but this is. (laughs) Barb and I keep saying we need to do a spa day, a spa weekend, something like that. So you may have hit on the thing. That'd be really fun. Yes. It would be fun. Yes. To be continued. To be continued. All right. Love you ladies. Love you too. Happy meditating. Happy meditating.